Improving health literacy, the ability to understand and act on health information, is key to improving health outcomes and lowering costs. Welcome to the Health Literacy 2.0 podcast, the podcast series from EdLogix where we talk with business, HR, health, and community leaders and explore unique, data-driven, and effective behavior-changing solutions that can help improve people's health literacy and increase their engagement with health and wellness programs. For show notes and bonus resources, visit www.edlogix.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast on health literacy and workforce well-being. I'm Seth Serksner, Chief Health Officer of EdLogix, and I'm really pleased today to have as my guest, we call her Mel Goodrich, who is the SVP of HR Business Partnerships at Centera Health. I'll let her give a little bit more background on that, but we have been working together now for probably a year or longer. I know a fair amount about your background, Mel, and obviously a fair amount about Sentara, but I would really love it if you could take a minute and share with everyone who's listening a little about your career path and your current role. Absolutely. So first, it's an honor. Thank you, Seth, for allowing me to join and to be with everybody here today. I'm excited about the opportunity So yes, it's just Mel, you know, it's kind of like Madonna and Cher, right? So (laughs) just Mel. Just Mel. (laughs) Yes. I have been an HR professional for going on 30 years, spent 18 of those years in nonprofit healthcare environments. I've also had, you know, 10 years of experience in more of the retail and for-profit industry and had a good portion, little stint of about three to five years working with the government as well. And so when you think about all of the different faucets of HR, you know, it's in the profit, nonprofit and in the government sector, I've been able to experience it all in my career. And I've landed here at Centera and the Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, and could not be prouder to be a part of such an amazing organization and excited to talk about what we're doing. Yes, yeah, so am I. And before we talk a little bit about Centera, explain to me, though, HR business partnerships, not a typical title. So everyone's heard about HR business partner as a role. I think it's been around for quite some time. And so I get the honor of supporting the HR business partner team for our acute care division, which is our 12 hospitals, and also the business partners that support our corporate functions across the enterprise. I also am the enterprise leader for our employee and labor relations team and help to make sure that our employee relations strategy of making sure that we are having a positive engagement experience and that we have a labor strategy as well as it remains to be able to make sure every voice is heard from our team members directly with our leaders and being able to work with them to foster a culture that we can all be proud of. Great. Really helpful. Let's talk a little bit about Centera Health as an enterprise first. And then I would love to go into a little bit about your strategy around HR partnerships and how you view your associates and the rest. Yeah, Centera has been an amazing opportunity for us here, but we've been around for quite some time. I think over a hundred years, if you trace our heritage. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a long time. We are situated primarily in the Norfolk, Virginia area, but we have 12 hospitals across Virginia and one facility in North Carolina. And we are a wonderful conglomeration of 
what we call that distributed care delivery and that you know IDN background. What that means is that we have not only the acute care hospital, but we also have our own medical group and we also have our own health plan. And so we have the three different sectors that really work to support the center of the patient and the care that we need to be able to provide in all three areas that the patient needs help and support in. We are very proud of our ability to retain talent. We've been best in class or leading in our retention efforts here at Centera across the state. And we are the second largest employer in the state of Virginia. So we've got a lot of people doing a lot of great work to support our communities. Somewhere around 30,000 people, is that right? Yeah, it's around 32,000 almost and growing. So we're excited be able to continue our growth and continue to be able to provide care across the community. And growing. So it's always interesting for me to work with healthcare related companies because you span such a spectrum literally of dishwashers and janitorial all the way to brain surgeons and everything in between. And it's 24-7, 365 is such a challenging workforce. We know during COVID so much pressure and stress was put on that group and they stepped up in a big way. It did take its toll, I know. What are some of your, I'll call them health and well-being strategies? How are you taking care of the population? I know the mission and culture is a very strong one of partnership, as you even have in your title. But can you talk a little bit about the kinds of things you do to keep your people well and productive? Yeah, I think number one thing is making sure that we have created a situation where people feel safe to speak up and to tell us what they need. It's very hard to meet your employees, your team where they are if you're not able to understand where they are in life. And so creating that culture where it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to tell us what we can do to support you and what you need. Some of the things that we've learned through those open conversations and doing rounding and town halls and just really hearing from our employees are, you know, everything from, you know, we need to be able to take a minute, you know, when we have people that are being cared for, critically ill patients that, you know, we are are treating, we sometimes need a minute. So we've done everything from creating Zen Dens on site where you can take a minute to take a break, to recoup, to having, you know, stand down moments where our chaplain services are able to help people with thinking about, you know, what just transpired with that family, with that patient, with that experience. And we've also, you know, had resources available for our, our team members to be able to talk to counselors on site. A lot of companies offer, you know, employee assistant programs. All of the programs that I've worked with historically have been really professional and well-received, but what we found we really needed to do was have people there, not Mm -hmm. just an 800 number where you can call when you can call, but truly having EAP resources on site at our hospital facilities so that in the moment when someone needed that support, that support is there for them. And so we do have the 800 numbers for people to call if that's what meets their need, but we also have people on site. We have chaplain services. We also have team members that are being trained up to be able to support each other in a different way and creating peer networks and peer support to be able to provide that well-being and support for our employees through like you said, some pretty difficult times when you're working with 
you know, vulnerability around health. You know, our team members, whether it's from the food service workers and our registrars, most people who get into working in healthcare are driven by a mission. They're driven by wanting to care, wanting to take care of the community and make a difference. And so it's a personal thing, not only professional, but it's a personal calling for so many of our employees. And so emotionally, we have to support them in those challenges that that brings. Yeah. And you just rattled off so many great things that I could go deep on. I've heard of meditation rooms or nap rooms, but a Zen Den is a cool way to put it. I often hear about chaplains and chaplaincies, and they are just so valued within the healthcare system. And yet we don't talk about them outside of them much, but they are really a very unique and important relationship for people. I think they must really rely on that. And I do think your point about on-site is so, so important for sure. I also know that the physical environment is sometimes really hard for people, whether it's to get healthy food or to get some exercise or some of those things. How are you trying to address making the environment a little bit more conducive, even though, of course, it still has to be a hospital and all the requirements that go with that? Are there some things you're doing around that as well? I think some of the things that we are doing from an environmental perspective is would you consider an environmental? I sort of do. We're standing up our ERGs, which are employee resource groups, creating networks and opportunities for employees to come together in a different way based on, you know, groups that they feel passionate about, whether that's a generational group or based on, you know, being a minority-based group. We just want to make sure that our ERG teams are helping to create connection so that people feel included. And it's an inclusive initiative around making sure everyone feels supported and valued. I also think from an environment standpoint, again, it's just helping to make sure that they have the time, whether that's time there at the Zen Den, but also resources when you know, they're coming off of time when they're clocking out. And so we've taken some partnerships with Equilibrium. MeQ has set up a nice platform for us that provides yoga and different techniques, different breathing mechanisms, you know, different opportunities for people to set up platforms where they can really think about how they take care of their body and how they take care of themselves. And then partnerships with groups like EdLogics, where we're talking about health literacy and what do you need to know in order to be informed, to take better care of yourself and to be able to make decisions with all the information available to you in a safe and easy to digest space, right? So some of those things, I don't know if that's the environmental oh, that, that's, that that's, you're going for. I may have gone completely in left field. I think more culturally when people think about environment, I think about culture. Yeah, that's perfect. And it helps to segue. So you did mention Ed Logics, you mentioned health literacy. You know that I'm very passionate about this topic, and I think a lot about how we've moved to what I call health literacy 2.0, the idea of taking what might have been a very, very flat, linear approach to patient and health education to a more dynamic approach using gamification and personalization and data and videos and multimedia to bring us to a much more engaging place. The CDC has even redefined 
health literacy as two types of health literacy, organizational and personal. And the personal is that ability of an individual to have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to navigate their health system. And they've included goals in the 2030 Healthy People as well. So I'm wondering, I mean, I know, Centera, as you mentioned, you do it for your employees, and I'd love to hear you take a second of what that experience is like. And then beyond that, you're very active in supporting a community initiative around health literacy as well. So let's start with the employee initiative, and then we'll move to the community. What's been your experience of rolling out something like health literacy to the full employee population? And where does that fit in the scheme of all the other things that you offer? What's interesting is I underestimated the value that the team placed in the space and was pleasantly surprised with Mm. how many people have registered and have done so voluntarily, right? This is not something that we incentivize or ask them, you know, to do. It's something that we provide as a service to them. And so the EdLogix platform is available to all our employees who have Sentara health coverage. And so again, we're about 30,000 strong. And so seeing that roughly about 25% of our team members have Mm -hmm. gone onto the platform, created a registration and have started to play games or listen to podcasts or read articles about the health topics Mm -hmm. and have really started to really enjoy what the program has to offer. And I say they've enjoyed it because I'm going to give you a statistic. And when I saw the statistic, I was like, wow, our employees have played 337,000 games. (laughs) 337,000 games about health literacy, and they have completed over 650,000 activities, whether that's reading an article or listening to a podcast. And so half of them are getting it through that gamification and the play, and the other half are kind of doing it from a learning module. And it's just really interesting and exciting to see. I think what I enjoy about the EdLogic's information is that the passion that we have for caring for the caregivers, for caring for our employees that are taking care of the community, to see them use it and use it a lot really helps to make us feel that we're bringing something of value to them. And it also gives us data. You know, in human resources, we're always looking for data. We're looking for information to help us to see trends and how we can help to support our employees in a different or better way. And so when we look at what are the categories and the interest and the things that people are reading about, you know, we're still seeing them read about anxiety. They're reading about depression. They're reading about high blood pressure. We're looking at that and saying we still have much work to do around the well-being of our teams and helping them to make sure that we are reducing anxiety and stress and depression and helping them to to see what we can do to help support them, but also help support their families because some folks are reading information about their children, right? And all the disruptions that happen with COVID and things that people are getting back into the swing of school. And so you know, making sure that we're seeking an understanding of why these topics are important to our employees and also helping to provide resources to them to be able to even further support what they need at this time. 
So I think that's really exciting work that we're doing. And it gives us a lens that we otherwise wouldn't have had without the platform. Yes, I completely agree. And I have seen some of your data. I have seen the knowledge increase as well. The pre-post is very dramatic. And the topics, as you say, and the ability to either a leading indicator before you see claims or to validate some of the things you're seeing in the claims. Now, let's move to the community too, because I know there's a huge initiative in your area, the Healthier 757, and it's a nonprofit-driven approach to creating a health literate society and community in the area. And Centera is playing a very large role in that. You want to talk just for a minute about that and why you guys feel that's important? When we think about health literacy and the gaps that are in some of the education that people receive about their own bodies, you know, we don't really talk about that in high school or elementary school. You know, it's kind of, you know, there's one class that you may or may not take that kind of gets it. And so the dreaded health like, education class. Yeah, the dreaded <laughs> health education, you know, get your PE, you know, physical yeah. fitness, do the whole president's test. Can you hang on? Right. So we've learned a little bit about the body, but the body is so fascinating and we don't really have all of the knowledge. And what Healthier 757 is, it gives a platform for people to be able to go in and learn and ask questions or look for information that's been validated and vetted that they can trust from a trusted resource. And so I think that's important to us in so many different ways as we look to support our community efforts around spirit impact and spirit health, you know, just making sure that we are truly giving as many resources and as much support as we can from our community. A lot of people are afraid to go to the doctor. A lot of people are afraid or hesitant to go seek care, whether that's because of financial means or whether that's because, you know, citizenship or whatever is getting in the the way, transportation, you name it. And so having a platform where people can get information, whether that's through our Sentara websites, just trying to make sure our community outreach helps to support educating the community and helping them to make informed decisions and have trusted information. The internet's full of information, but we want it to be trusted information to be able to help educate and provide more insight into their bodies and their their well-being. And it really is, at least from my perspective, a path to health equity. So as you mentioned, there are health disparities that we're working to create better access and train medical professionals to address their own unconscious biases. Health literacy, social determinants of health, personal determinants of health, all those come together to drive overall health equity and having that community platform, having Sentara be behind it, I know is a hugely meaningful part of the whole initiative and very much appreciated. So tell me, we're covering a lot of ground here, Mel. We've talked a little bit about your background, but we covered a lot about what you're doing. I really appreciated the point about making a safe space, kind of the overall focus on a healthy culture, psychologically and physically whether that's with peers and that network or on-site services, some of the things that you mentioned, really a mission-driven approach. And then we have started to talk a little bit about the experience of Logics and both with your people and the community. But anything we missed or that you want to emphasize? The one thing I would emphasize is, you know, as professionals, as leaders, the most important thing we can do is listen. 
the most important thing we can do is create a safe place for people to be able to be heard and to be able to make impacts, whether that's in the community or in the workplace, that's going to support the individual. And so, you know, super proud, very excited. We just ended our engagement survey. We had 91% of our- It's uh, incredible. Nice response rate. Yes. Right? Unheard of. And so, you know, just showing that we care and that we're going to take action on what you tell us, I think gives them the courage to be able to come forward and say, this is what I think. This is what I need. Here's some suggestions and ideas on what you can do to make it even better. And that is so valuable and so rich of information. And, and that's what helps us to really deliver on our commitments to our employees is when they take that courage, they take that opportunity, and they share their voice about what they need and what they want. And it's just so appreciated. I'm just super excited about getting the results and learning more from the team. And so I think that's the key to a happy and engaged culture is just listening and creating the opportunity and the, the safe space for them to tell you. I think it's very telling. You and I both went to the Hero Forum 2023 in Salt Lake City not long ago, and there was a lot of talk about the power of the culture and the belief that if you're manager is listening to you, if you believe that they support you, they have your back, that organizational culture is listening and ultimately creating trust. Do you trust your employer? And many people do trust their employer as one of the main sources of health information, but of other information. And to create that trusting environment, many of us know it sometimes it takes listening. <laughs> And we're not always great at listening. I have to say, as somebody who talks a lot, I have to work at listening. So I think it's a great message for everyone to think a little bit about. I really appreciate it, Mel. I really appreciate your time, your commitment, and thank you so much for your partnership. Thank you for the opportunity. I can check it off my to-do list. I have made it. I've been on Seth's podcast. And so thank you for the invite and for the opportunity to participate and thank you all for listening today. You're quite welcome. It was our pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on the Health Literacy 2.0 podcast, the podcast series from EdLogix, where we talk with business, HR, health, and community leaders and explore unique, data-driven, and effective behavior-changing solutions that can help improve people's health literacy and increase their engagement with health and wellness programs. Remember, for show notes and bonus resources, visit www.edlogics.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe and share the show with your colleagues. Thanks and see you soon.